Right from the beginning, we had the momentum, and that was huge. I think he's made progress every game, and I thought he had a strong game this evening. He's the kind of guy, impact player, that does that consistently in practice. I knew we, we always had this potential. We see the potential, we see the talent that they have, and it's good to see it all come together tonight. Kyle's uh, pick was not only was big for us as far as momentum, but it also shook up Utah State. Mitch has been practicing, practicing, practicing. His hard work and diligence has paid off. I think it also helps when we throw on first and second down, and that's what we did tonight. So this is a, a game that we needed to springboard us to our next game. We took a step forward, I think, both on defense and on offense. Some big plays on offense, some big plays on defense with the turnovers. And, and you can see this team, we're getting better. We're going to get better as the season goes on. We're going to get better as we progress and we learn and we grow. Next on BYU Sports Nation, BYU football brings home the old wagon wheel and some needed momentum after a 31-14 win in Logan against Utah State. What Friday's victory means for the Cougars' season moving forward. It's another Maddich Monday with ESPN college football expert Trevor Maddich. He breaks down Taysom Hill's improving passing game, three touchdown passes and all. Plus, BYU TV analyst Brian Logan on how the Cougar defense maintains the consistency against an increasingly difficult schedule. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Welcome to Monday, October 4th, uh, 7th rather, game day still on the brain, October 7th. <laughs> Jerem Jordan, Spencer Linton here in... Provo, Utah, in the BYU Broadcasting Building. You heard in that montage of sound bites after the game, BYU a winner, progress made. And that'll be the theme uh, of our show today, BYU improving, getting better in two aspects that we discussed at length last week. One, the passing game, and two, creating turnovers on defense. Here's the bottom line. BYU football has shown obvious progression each week. The team that lost to Virginia, 19-16, to Worlds apart from the team that won in Logan on Friday night. We'll get into that. I'll tell you why. The Cougars are finding different ways to win. No longer can a team just stack the box, a la Utah did, and expect to win. Very encouraging victory for the Cougs in Logan. A friendly reminder, you can listen to BYU Sports Nation on BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network 980. Also check out YouTube.com slash BYU Radio each afternoon for on-demand uh, versions of the show. That's how you listen. This is how you join the conversation. Send your tweets and follow at BYU Sports Nation. And also vote in the daily poll question at BYUTVSports.com. I'm glad you teed me up that way, Jerem. Today's question, what form of progress were you most impressed with in Friday's win over Utah State? Taysom Hill's passing, the emergence of Mitch Matthews, which we've been waiting a while for, defense creating turnovers, or just the all-around game. Right now on BYUTVSports.com, leading the way, Taysom Hill's passing with just over 50%. I'd have to agree. That's really the key to success this season. The BYU defense is going to be there. How much offense can BYU produce? The rushing game has been solid. And when teams stack the box, can BYU pass through the air? What do you think on the poll? I'm surprised. Well, first of all, I'm surprised that defense creating turnovers has not received a vote yet. Granted, it's only been, the poll's only been up for a few moments. But I, I feel like defense creating turnovers was a huge part of Friday's victory in Logan. The first play of the game! Pick six. And what a play. You were there. Tell, what was your angle on that? Uh, we were on the opposite side of the field. Uh, I was standing there with my producer Ben Bagley and our senior coordinating producer Michael Miner. And uh, you saw Chucky throw the quick pass and then boom, stabbed out of the air. And I thought... He, almost, he said it to himself. Yeah. It was interesting. He kind of tipped, tipped, it. tipped it to himself, grabbed it, and then boom. And, and I was like, that looks like Kyle Van Noy. Oh, my goodness. That is Kyle Van Noy. Who else would do that? He's your independent uh, defensive player of the week. Yeah, just another, another walk in the park for Kyle Van Noy in the BYU defense. Okay. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic 1. One giant step up for the offense, Taysom Hill. To be honest, I knew we, we always had this potential, and I was just kind of waiting for a breakout performance, and uh, it, it was good. It was a, a great performance tonight, I think. We made a few changes offensively in our passing scheme this week, and, and, it, and it paid off. Taysom Hill's line, 17 of 31, 278 yards, three touchdowns, an interception. Much better. I'm telling you, 50% plus. 
BYU's going to be just fine passing the ball. Uh, and Taysom Hill has emerged the last two games. Middle Tennessee, the big question was, can BYU pass it more effectively? And like Taysom Hill mentioned two weeks ago, yes, we threw more on first and second down. Interesting for a team whose offense is the premise is to be able to run the ball effectively. Then against Utah State, as you just heard a moment ago, he said, we passed even more, and that helped. Interesting. Taysom Hill, 31 for 50 over his last two games. Three touchdowns, two picks, and whatever, 177 plus 278 is 455 455 passing yards. Compared to 564, the previous three, 40 of 114, which is 35%. The last two games, Taysom is 62% as a passer. 62%. Over 60%. Over 50, I'm happy. 31 for 50, 455 yards. Three touchdowns, two picks. And more importantly, two and oh. Here's Bronco Mendenhall on Taysom's improvement. It's just a matter of time and and our staff and players just coming together and getting adjusted to what we're doing this year offensively. And I think he's made progress every game, and I thought he had a strong game this evening. Adjustment is the key word there to me. In, in fall camp, and we've talked about this, offensive coordinator Robert and I said it would take four to six games to really see... BYU's offense going and see what they were made of. That was game five. We're going to see game six this Saturday against Georgia Tech. You mentioned it. I like the progress that we're seeing out of the BYU offense. We saw an unbelievable rushing game that has bloated BYU's rushing stats and will for the rest of the year in 550 on the ground against Texas. Now you have a couple of games where BYU needed to pass. And I really liked what Taysom Hill told you on the BYU TV Sports postgame. Utah State loaded the box, and I thought, it Taysom's voice, I thought that was good for me and for us and for our receivers. Yep. And yeah. it was. Really interesting take, and, and it goes back to a point I was just making a moment ago. BYU is now no longer a one-trick pony. They're not just going to try and run it at you. If you want to stack the box, fine. Taysom Hill has shown that he is capable of making throws. Utah State's defense, on paper, was the best defense that BYU has faced this season. They shut down San Jose State, who can throw the ball. Yeah, they, they have a first or second round NFL quarterback draft pick. David Fales. 12 points at San Jose State. So yes, Chucky Keaton going out of the game. Injury, ACL, MCL, he's done for the year. Hopefully he gets the red shirt. Uh, another topic, another storyline entirely. But BYU still puts up 31 points on a pretty good defense. I don't think Chucky can redshirt, too. He, he had played in, this was the sixth game. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he, he can. That's true. It's four, right? I, yeah, I believe it's four. And, and medical, there's different things there. But he hasn't redshirted yet. So I think Chucky just has to burn it, which really stinks. Burn the season, that is, which really stinks for Utah State. Coming up in 32 minutes, we're going to talk to ESPN analyst Trevor Maddich. We'll ask him what differences he's seen in the offense the last two weeks. Topic two. Setting a tone by taking it away. Daniel Sorensen on the Kyle Van Noy pick six, getting the game started the right way. Start off a game like that with that kind of play, you know, with that kind of momentum, it's, I mean, that's huge for us in, in our defense. Okay, how can you quiet a very raucous Utah State student section, otherwise known as the herd? Uh, I believe that we will. Oh, no. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Kyle Van Noy takes Chucky Keaton's first pass of the game and takes to the house for a pick six. Chucky just laughed it off, which I thought was great. What else can you do in that moment? Who else does that in America? Man, they, I asked Bronco Mendenhall and a couple of the defenders after the game, were you, were you waiting for that? Were you, and they said, yeah. I mean, we know they like to throw the quick pass. And so he, Kyle Van Noy knew that was coming. I mean, he, it was like he was in the huddle. Okay, here comes a quick pass. Thank you. Touchdown, BYU. Incredible start. I mean, who, who predicted that? Nobody. I did. Oh, no, I didn't. You're right. Five career touchdowns, by the way, for Kyle Van Noy. We had this discussion earlier today of trying to name all five. Can you? Yes, I can. You, the, you, the listener. That's what I meant by that. Oh, that was, that, was rhetor- that was rhetorical? It was rhetorical. Oh, sorry. Okay. 2010 at Colorado State, second quarter, 44-yard fumble return for a touchdown. 2011 opening game at Ole Miss, the game winner. In a in that was the Virginia game of this year. 
but they won that one on a crazy defensive play. Yeah, B- BYU does not win that game without Kyle Van Noy at yep. Ole Miss. 2012, the two famous plays, fumble, uh, forced fumble, recovered, touchdown, and the pick six against San Diego State last year to end the season. And now the first play against Utah State. Five career touchdowns for Kyle Van Noy. We discussed this. Through five games, if you had told me, Jamal Williams and Cody Hoffman will not have a single touchdown. What's BYU's record going to be? I would have said, oh, gee, one and four. No, no kidding. Zero touchdowns from those two. Some interesting statistics. When BYU scores a defensive touchdown under Bronco Mendenhall, 14-0. and 14-0. and 0. Kyle Van Noy, responsible for four of those wins because he scored two touchdowns in the Poinsettia Bowl win over San Diego State. Now, secondly... Jamal Williams, Cody Hoffman have combined for how many touchdowns this year, Jeremy? Zero, as Zero. I mentioned. Kyle Van Noy, one. One. BYU is three and two. That is crazy. BYU is doing – this is totally different than what we thought before the season. And that's why I love the season because it's not exactly why, how you think it's going to be. Uh, and we'll, we'll address this in a moment, but Mitch Matthews, he emerges. Taysom Hill uh, has six rushing touchdowns. And many of those could have been – uh, Jamal. Michael Elisa had two touchdowns against Middle Tennessee. If if Jamal's playing in that game, he surely has a touchdown. So the zero number is a little weird, but BYU's three and two through five, uh, which you hoped four and one or five and oh if you're a BYU fan. You hoped you beat Virginia and or Utah. But you know what? Given given the new offense and kind of the weather and I three and two's okay. Three and two's all right. Kyle Van Noy changes games. The dude can win a game. And nobody appreciates that more than Taysom Hill. You know, there's always that, that little anxiety. You feel pressure to, to be the first one to score and, and do those things. But, you know, Kyle's uh, pick was not only was big for us as far as momentum, but it also shook up Utah State. You know, to, to start a game like that is not easy. And um, right from the beginning, we had the momentum, and that was huge and, and uh, gave us a lot to build off of. Right after that happened, I looked at our producer, Ben Bagley, on the sideline, and we both kind of laughed and said, uh, is there anything that takes pressure off a quarterback like Taysom Hill uh, quicker than a pick six? No. Absolutely not. And you know what else is interesting here? The, the last two years produced a, uh, a stat in every defensive, major defensive category. With that interception, he's only lacking a fumble recovery, a forced fumble, and a blocked kick now. <laughs> Last year he went into the he went into the poinsettia bowl needing needing several of those things and did all of them. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, I I I highly doubt highly that any player in NCAA history has done it for two seasons, let alone maybe three. If Kyle Van Noy does it, he could be one of the most unique players in NCAA history. He I, already is. I, think, I was going to say I think he already is. He's, ar- he's already cemented that status. Dude's going to play in the NFL. He's going to be a first-round draft pick. It's going to happen. How fun is it to watch Kyle Van Noy play? It's so awesome. Enjoy the rest of this season. It's fantastic. And he plays on defense. And he plays on defense. Are you more At excited, BYU. Are you more excited to watch the defense or the offense? That's a great question. With the way that BYU's been playing, the defense is exciting. I think we need to go to Twitter for that one. BYU Sports Nation, sound off. At BYU Sports Nation, are you more excited to watch the BYU defense or BYU offense? And why? And why. Yeah, along with our poll question today. So, you're busy. Do some homework right now. Topic three. Mitch Matthews, playmaker, lightning rod, good dude. Here's Bronco Mendenhall. Mitch has been practicing, practicing, practicing while Cody's been recovering and has other issues, and I think... um, his hard work and diligence has paid off. How much value is there to what Bronco Mendenhall just said? Cody Hoffman is the guy coming into this year. He Hamstring issue, suspended for a game. Meanwhile, Mitch Matthews has been practicing, as Bronco illustrated, and we've seen vast improvement from him. We've not seen as much out of Cody as maybe BYU could get. Mitch Matthews tied for the team lead in receptions with 13. 13 leads the team after five games. This ain't your mother's BYU. But he did catch five, three of them for touchdowns in Logan. And the funny thing is, during fall camp, everybody was super high, including myself. First team all camp, Mitch Matthews. Oh, absolutely. The guy stole the camp spotlight. Great, great uh, performance all throughout camp. Was a touchdown machine. And 
on Friday, you finally saw what he's capable of. He had an opportunity. First of all, Taysom Hill put the ball in a place where Mitch Matthews could go make a play. Uh, and specifically, I'm thinking of the fade route from the six-yard line. 500! Yeah, on his second touchdown pass. Just throw it up there and let him go get it, and he will. He's on a 5'9", 5'10", cornerback. He's 6'6". Six, six. Throw it up. Great hands. He makes a play for a second touchdown. So, Matthews, really... Everybody in the media that watched him bring fall camp was not that surprised to see him do what he did, which is why I picked him as my wife factor. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I'm two for three on the season right now, by if the way. If you're unfamiliar with this segment, in the pregame show on BYU TV, Countdown to Kickoff, everyone goes around the horn and fix, uh, picks an X factor. We, we don't include the guys that are always the main factors in the game, the A factors. Taysom, Jamal, Cody, Kyle. They're do, always going to have an impact. We do not include them. So another guy. We go around the horn of all the all the talent. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, Lemma Harrington, Brian Logan, Spencer. You picked Mitch Matthews and you won. You're now tied with Brian for two wins on the season. Thank no you. one else has thank a win. Thank you, J.D. Falsell, for the first win. And <laughs> thank you, Mitch Matthews. I told him after the game, I'm like, you were my Y factor. He's like, what? I'm like, you were my Y factor. He's like, oh, sweet. And I'm like, you helped me win. And he's like... I'm glad I could help you out. He has no, no <laughs> he has idea. No idea. <laughs> what, uh, why are you watching the pregame, Mitch? Yeah, come on, Mitch. Help us out. Get Watch. your iPhone. I know you're, you're listening to Jay-Z or JT or something. You can listen to the pregame show on the field. <laughs> Stream it through the Beats headphones. <laughs> Jamal uh, with a new color every week, yeah, by the way. That's not happening. Mitch Matthews is a great guy, and he and Taysom had a few mix-ups during the game, but when you win 31-14, it's all good. You know, we trust Taysom. Everything he does, everything he says, we'll take it and it will sink in. And, uh, you know, he can yell at me, and I don't get embarrassed. I don't get worried because I know he wants the best for me. Mitch Matthews and Taysom Hill had a few exchanges on the sideline, which were partially visible to the national viewing public. Normal. That happens. Intense intensity and miscommunication in a sport like football, that, that happens. And they're, they're friends at the end of the day. They hooked up for three touchdown passes. And I guarantee that will not have a negative effect on their relationship. And as the quarterback, this is Taysom Hill's job to talk to his receivers however he sees fit and however that message needs to be given, he knows, because he knows his guys and he's been there with them forever and he understands how they communicate. And if they need a, a spicy conversation that gets on TV and people say, oh, what's up with that? Apparently it worked because they were on the same page and threw touchdown passes and there's chemistry there. I don't, I don't mind it. I mean, I, I, I'm not a fan of like demeaning and degrading somebody Who knows when, they, what he was when they make a mistake. But if you get in their face and hold them accountable and you do it in a way that's just intense and up front like a coach. Yeah, don't, don't confuse anger with intensity. Yeah, totally okay with that. And Mitch Matthews responded. He responded. He caught a third touchdown pass after that. Worked out, didn't it? Yeah. And if and if Taysom is, is at fault and another guy goes after him and asks him to raise his level of play that way, there you go. Really quick, Taysom Hill after the game on trusting that dude, Mitch Matthews. No, I, I trust that dude. And, and at the end of the day, you know, we had a few mishaps and things like that. But, uh, you know, that happens. And at the end of the day, I know that Mitch is going to give me everything he's got. And, uh, and I trust that dude. And we saw, we saw why tonight. And the truth shall set you free. The, the trust is there. And there's very, very a lot of truth in the statement that Taysom Hill made right there, and th- that he trusts Mitch, and that they're going to get it going the right way. When a receiver and a quarterback have that money, you can't, I mean, that's something you just can't teach. That happens when you play around each other and play with each other uh, on the football field at a consistent in a consistent way and for a long time. At F Ruiz eight oh one, big fan of the show. He says, the best part of the Hill-Matthews discussion, in quotes, was KVN playing moderator. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting between them, making sure all was well. There's a a couple of sophomores chatting, and then there's KVN, the seasoned veteran, making sure everything's good. He can do that. That's what Kyle Van Noy does. Uh, He carries many roles. He wears many caps on this team. Although he's not a captain this year, really, he's... He's kind of like default captain, don't you think? I mean, yeah, he's got to be. Yeah, people respect what he says, and they want to make they want to work hard for Kyle Van Noy. That's what he leads on the field. 
and that's what matters. Absolutely. We remind you, uh, tomorrow on BYUTVSports.com, player and coach interviews from the men's basketball team. It's Basketball Media Day, baby, from what? 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern time, featuring Spencer Linton yeah. interviewing the players. Uh, Tyler Haas will also join BYU Sports Nation tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation in just a few moments, former BYU cornerback Brian Logan tells us what the BYU defense did to force three turnovers last week and why Mitch Matthews is a serious receiving threat against Georgia Tech. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to the show. BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Jerem Jordan, Spencer Linton here. Follow us on Twitter at Jerem Jordan and then at Spencer underscore Linton. Also joy, join the show's growing Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation. A quick poll update for you on BYUTVSports.com. What form of progress were you most impressed with in Friday's win over Utah State? Taysom Hill's passing, the emergence of Mitch Matthews, defense creating turnovers, or the all-around complete game leading the way right now, Taysom Hill's passing at 50%. A tweet or two real quick and keep them coming at BYU Sports Nation. Uh, at go underscore riboflavin. Taysom, of course, looked confident when the line brought him a bottom a few seconds, he was pretty accurate, even on the run. At T. Saltum, Hill's pass game. Obviously, Middle Tennessee helped get into the groove. Hashtag beat tech. Keep him coming at BYU Sports Nation. Brian Logan is a former BYU cornerback. Might, might have been the most successful cornerback under 5'8 in BYU history. With that, we welcome Brian <laughs> to the program. Brian, uh, your thoughts on BYU's performance well, before we get to that, uh, we were discussing Mitch Matthews and Taysom Hill, kind of getting into it, um, you know, on the on the sideline in the middle of the game. Seemed like things worked out with those three touchdown passes. But your experience with uh, heated discussions with teammates in game? Yeah, um, you know, I, I think it's a good sign. Um, it, it can be bad, but I, I think it's good just because of uh, how competitive you know those two guys are and. You know, they, they definitely want to win. And, um, you know, when you see something like that, I think as fans, um, you know, you shouldn't get too nervous. Um, you know, you kind of want to see that fire, uh, you know, within your team and within your players. But, um, you know, BYU is very mature, um, you know, when it, when it comes to having situations like that. I mean, a lot of these guys, they're a little bit older. You know, we, they went on missions and things like that. So, um, I think they're mature to handle a you know a conflict and then um, kind of brush it off, put it in the past, and, and move forward. So I think that's what you saw there. BYU's defense did a really solid job again, uh, holding Utah State to just 14 points. One of those touchdowns coming very late in the game. Their schedule gets tougher though, Brian. You look at matchups against Houston, uh, Notre Dame, Wisconsin down the road. How does the defense maintain that discipline and dominance against an increasingly more difficult schedule? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, I think they'll rise to the occasion. Um, you know, I think Coach Mendenhall does a great job uh, preparing those guys, you know, day in and day out. And, you know, from, from what I've seen so far, I think there's just a little bit more of a sense of urgency when it comes to facing a bigger opponent. Uh, I'm not saying that there's a, a huge drop off when they when they play against teams that don't have that that much of a talent, but um, you know there's just uh, some type of a, a buzz you know in the in the film room you know on the practice field you know when you are playing a, a better opponent, um, and I think Coach Minnell does a, a good job, but you know I think they're going to have to get help from their offense, and you know if the offense can sustain drives and give them some rest, I think they'll be, they'll be fine in those, in those bigger games. Brian Logan joining us here on BYU Sports Nation. Brian, we've talked a lot about the defense uh, forcing turnovers or the lack thereof, you know, enough of them. They forced three against Utah State. What kind of difference did you see there? Yeah, I mean, you know, all week Coach Minnenhall was, was saying how, um, you know, we wanted to cause tur- more turnovers, and, and you definitely saw that, and um, you know, like I said earlier, there's a difference between, you know, getting turnovers and, and getting a gift compared to actually causing them. And you saw Kyle Van Noy, you know, just right out the gate, grab that interception, take it for a touchdown. That's causing a turnover. You know, you see Wani Unga 
holding up a guy while another teammate comes and strips the ball out and they fall on, that's causing a turnover. The the turnover um, that Craig Bills, uh, the fumble that Craig Bills uh, jumped on, I mean, that was just a, a lack of, of, of communication, lack of uh, talent, would you say, uh, by the, the Utah State running back. And, and that's more of a gift. Um, you know, so to, so two out of those three turnovers were actually caused by the by the defense, and, and that's what you want to see more. And you know, for Coach Mendenhall to go in uh, that past week and say, "Hey, we need to actually force and cause more turnovers," uh, you know, you definitely saw uh, the outcome on Saturday. Yeah, I believe Coach Mendenhall uh, addressed that on Thursday in the one-on-one interview with me, where he said, "We want to become." a lot more aggressive at the point of contact, the point of the initial point of impact. And uh, you could tell from the get-go that BYU was zoned in on trying to create those turnovers. So a nice change of pace for the Cougar defense. Now, Brian, let's go offense a little bit. I know you're a defensive specialist, but what were you most impressed with on Friday in Logan on the offensive side of the ball? Well, you know, I, I have to say it was it was a passing game, um, you know, and, and able to sustain drives. Well, I, you know, you, you saw a lot of of drives where you know they did go three and out, and you you can look back at those drives and, and see what the issue was um, as far as pass protection things like that. But you know, when 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 the offense started to click and and you can just see the momentum every drive. Um, that they had success on, regardless if they scored or not. I mean, they were moving the ball down the field, um, and that's exactly what you want to see. And I think that's where the, the biggest progress has been. Um, obviously, you see Taysom um, evolving, and, and you see uh, more of the passing yards. You saw more of the, the longer throws to Mitch Matthews. Um, but I, I think that's the biggest thing is sustaining the drives um, and, and giving that defense some, some time to rest. Uh, and that's always a bright sign when you can see an offense go from the 20-yard line, you know, all the way down to the blue zone, uh, regardless if they're scoring or not. That's 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 definitely a, a positive. Typically, sustaining drives means third down conversions, right? BYU went five of 18 on third down, but Taysom Hill talked about how they passed on first and second. So we saw a few times where BYU actually got the first down on for- first or second down. What are the advantages and disadvantages, in your opinion, of throwing on first and second down? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a great point. I mean, you look at their their conversions, you can say, you know, you kind of scratch your head and say, how did they score these many points? You know, how did they just blow up this? this Utah State team, uh, but that's the, 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 the very reason why is because they were winning on first and, and second downs. Um, you know, it, it didn't come to a third down to get that conversion. And, you know, I think some of the, the positive things are as, as far as the, the mindset of, of Coach and I and wanting to go hard and wanting to go fast, um, you know, that's, that's definitely going to take care of that. Um, but when, when Taysom is, uh, you have a quarterback like Taysom who's young, who has, you know, six, seven starts under his belt, who, uh, has already established his, his running game, uh, looking to establish the passing game just to get him a little bit more comfortable is just that. Because if you're running the ball on first down, uh, and you get one yard, and you run the ball again on second down, and you get another yard, now it's third and eight. And for a quarterback like Taysom who is just coming into his own and trying to find his rhythm, you have so much pressure on the quarterback to make that throw. And not only that, now, now the, the defense is dictating to you. You know, Coach Minnell always says is that we don't want to uh, sit back and wait for the offense to make a play or to make a move. We want to dictate on what they do. So uh, with that being said is now a defense can pin back their ears and blitz, um, you know, them knowing that it's going to be a passing situation third and eight. You know, they can bring pressure. They can do all kinds of things in their, in their schemes as far as uh, mixing up coverages, things like that, to um, kind of confuse the, the quarterback. So when you're, when you're winning on first and second down by passing, um, you know, making it a second and five or, you know, third and three, now the defense doesn't know what's going on. So now the defense has to be a little bit more passive in their play calling, uh, which means you'll, you'll end up or you should end up converting a little bit more on third down. Brian Logan talking with us on BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan here. And Brian, I'm so glad that you mentioned the name Mitch Matthews. <laughs> and for, I mean, we'll start with this. You know, I'm, I'm not really 
a guy that uh, seeks out confrontation or you you wouldn't approach Brian on the sideline and get in his face. After he calls me out on the Y Factor situation, yes, I will do that. <laughs> I picked Mitch Matthews as my Y Factor, and he scored three touchdowns. Your guy, Daniel Sorensen, had a good game, blocked a field goal, but uh, three touchdowns wins out, my friend. Uh, we're, we're both now tied with two Y Factors apiece. Uh, can you give me some love? I'd, I'd like some love right now, please. Man, you get all of the love. Just like, <laughs> just like last time, you know, when, when you won. Um, I will definitely take a huge uh, bite of humble pie, <laughs> and uh, I will let you have this this victory, my friend. And you know, you deserve it. You 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 earned it. You took it from from Blaine. Um, who, you earned it. You uh, took it from Blaine. You, know, <laughs> you took it from Blaine. I mean, that, that's that's earning. I mean, most of us we go in every week when we decide, you know, who our wife like is going to be. We know Mitch Matthews is off limits because that's that's Blaine's. And for you to step up and say, you know what, Blaine, I'm taking this from you. Um, you know, you, you've earned it. Good job, my friend. But, is, it, is this you know, rookie I, luck, I, Brian? Like, you know, he, he's I, new to this and just kind of the first two wins? What do you think? I don't, I don't want to say it's rookie luck because, <laughs> you know, Spencer, Spencer does a good job with, with analyzing, you know, who is going to be the difference maker in this upcoming game. So I don't want to say it's, it's, it's rookie luck. I just want to say probably it's lack of talent from the other guys. Oh, uh, yourself included? You know, that's, that's what I'm going to say. I can't, you can't, see, Jeremy, you can't include myself because, because I Because you're tied wins. with two. Uh, yes. Yeah, now, if I have zero <laughs> wins, then, then yeah, then you can include myself. So really, I mean, next week, this week coming up, we should really just, t- just talk about mine and Spencer's because <laughs> that's the only ones that are going to be relevant. Yeah, I, b- I believe so. your exact quote, during the post game, was everybody else is irrelevant besides <laughs> Spencer and I? Correct. That that is very that is very true. Man. I mean, they're not on the board, and I think oh, I think what Dave may have came close one time, or uh, he keeps picking you know. punters and kickers. That's his issue. <laughs> you know, I think. Yeah, he. I don't. That should be. We got to sit back and, and we got to discuss that issue because we we shouldn't <laughs> have you know bold predictions and why factors should not. Have special teams and the kicking involved in it. If he wants to, that's on him. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, you know what? I kind of, I, I kind of really don't care because once he says a kicker or you know field goals, I'm just like, oh, I'll cross him off. He's like, <laughs> no over. threat. Threat right. neutralized. Looking ahead to Georgia Tech, obviously a team that runs what they call the spread option. They line up uh, running backs off the tackles. They call them a backs and then a b back, almost in pistol formation. Uh, but not that far back. It's a unique uh, offense. BYU did a really good job against it last year. You played against Air Force uh, twice. Tell us about the preparation that is required to defend a team like that. Oh, man, it's, uh, it's extremely hard. I, I absolutely hated playing Air Force, um, you know, not only just for the game, but just the week of preparation. I mean, you're at full pads. It feels like camp all over again, fall camp. It, it's 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 horrible, and uh, I mean you're you're pretty much uh, you're you're tackling your full go. Um, you know, Coach Minnell is is not letting up on the gas pedal. Um, you know, it's full contact with with the scout team offense. Um, you know, it's, it's the, the week of practice is, is brutal, but it, it definitely does prepare your mind, prepares your body. You know, going into that game, and, and really you just have to really become a student of the game. Um, you know, I remember. Just walking around with my laptop and and you know my playbook, um, you know going from class to class, just trying to sneak in an extra five to ten minutes of film study, um, just to to read uh, you know small keys um, that Air Force did, and they run a very similar offense to, to Georgia Tech. Um, you know the, the last year you look at uh, the game plan of what Coach Minnell did, and it's it's absolutely phenomenal. There's so many different. Um, coaches around the nation that that look to BYU when it comes to to facing you know this triple option that teams like Georgia Tech and, and Air Force run. So um, that's really what it is: is just focusing on your keys and, and being and playing assignment sound football. Great analysis from former BYU defensive back Brian Logan. And my friend, I hope that the humble pie you ate today was your favorite flavor because uh, you were very kind to me in that. <laughs> Yes, it, it was. It was. You know, I 
I love competition, man, and um, I'm happy that I have somebody uh, <laughs> that is that is on my level because you know it helps me step my game up. I have to do further analysis of of my guy. You know, usually I just kind of pick you know a, a favorite because it's defense. Or, There's no Joe know, the Sampson position. anymore, so you can't pick him but, anymore. You know, I, yeah, I can't pick family members anymore. You know, so uh, <laughs> whether it be my favorite position, secondary, that's usually what I go off. Of. But now. Uh, with this this loss, uh, Spencer, you've made me step my game up. So competition is healthy. You know, it's 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 good. It's how we become great. I couldn't okay. agree more. More Brian Logan on Saturday. Countdown to kickoff begins on BYU TV at 4 p.m. Mountain, 6 p.m. Eastern, as the Cougars get set to host the Yellow Jackets. Thanks, Brian. All right, thank you, thank you, guys, and uh, come with it again, Spencer. It's you and I. I'm ready. You and I, my friend. Let's do it. <laughs> you got it. See you. Thanks, Brian. A quick note: the here's how we decide who gets the life factor, and I think there's something to this. So we, you and Brian, are typically in the broadcasting building. Everyone else is on a conference call. I let you guys pick first because you're in person. You guys are the only ones that have picked correctly. You guys get the first picks, and it means you win. This is. Do do we need to spread it out? I'd still win anyway. You can you can Whoa! let me pick Whoa! last, Jeremy. Okay. I don't care. What? Okay. For, no, no, I do care. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you're going last now. <laughs> I mediate this conversation and get the, it's the most exciting oh. part of the week. More than the game to these guys. It's crazy. Up next, Trevor Maddich of ESPN tells us what the difference has been in Taysom Hill's passing game over the last two weeks and why Friday's win has propelled BYU back into some national discussions. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Tyler Haas, and you are in BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Go Cougs! Thank you, Tyler. Tyler will be on the show tomorrow live. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Jerem Jordan, Spencer Linton here. Women's volleyball is on BYU TV and BYU Radio this week. Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, BYU TV, women's volleyball host Santa Clara. Spencer Linton on the call. Make sure you listen to that. Then Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio, women's volleyball versus San Francisco. A couple of scheduling news and notes right now. Uh, First with uh, UMass, Spencer. That's right. We'll go college basketball basketball right now, December 7th. BYU will play the Minutemen on CBS College Sports or CBS Sports Sports Network. Network. Yeah, that's right. So that's part of the tip-off invitational, I believe. Yeah, uh, did that have the time on it? Oh, I'm looking for it. You tell us about the other game. Okay, so uh, at UH Cougar FB, that's Houston, the University of Houston's football uh, Twitter officially. They said the Houston BYU kickoff, they just tweeted this, set for 2.30 p.m. Central. So 1.30 p.m. Mountain, 3.30 Eastern. On October 19th, game will be aired on ABC, ESPN, ESPN2, or ESPNU. Network to be ex- uh, decided after October 12th games. Do you have any predictions about that network, Jeremy? No, I don't. I don't. I would prefer ESPN as opposed to ABC, so it's not <laughs> regional. But uh, that's that's good news for BYU that it's on um, an ABC and ESPN, ESPN two or an ESPNU, and okay. the, the time is earlier in the day. That happens to be my wife's birthday as well, so I'm glad it's earlier in the day. Happy birthday, Whitney! Yeah. Early. Uh, the 2013 Holiday Showcase between Massachusetts and BYU on December 7th, again televised nationally on CBS Sports Network, as announced by the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame today. Game set for 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, so 11.30 Mountain, and it'll be played at the Mass Mutual Center in downtown Springfield. Okay, some scheduling news and notes. We do want to tease what's coming up this week. Uh, tomorrow, Blaine Fowler, Tyler Hawes on the show, and later... In the week, Paul Johnson, head coach of Georgia Tech, as well as David Sims, one of their running backs. Their B-back, they call him. That's right. Also, big night for you tonight as well, right? True Blue? Yeah, True Blue. Eight thirty. I was like, what do I have tonight besides True Blue? 8.30 <laughs> p.m. Eastern time. Uh, True Blue with Dave McCann. Craig Bills will be in studio. BYU Junior Safety. Uh, shoulder Cracker. And uh, we'll have some features on uh, Taysom Hill in the record books as well as uh, women's tennis. And uh, Blaine Fowler will break down the Utah State game, preview Georgia Tech. We, we will show you tonight how Georgia Tech's offense works and how BYU shut it down last year. So make sure you tune into that on BYU TV and BYU Radio, uh, 8.30 p.m. Eastern tonight. I believe BYU, they did something to Georgia Tech that hasn't been done in a long time last year. Didn't they hold them to like between 100 and 150 yards of rushing? 
I just remember that Ziggy Ansah was a man that by, game. By the way, Ziggy had a sack. He sacked Aaron Rodgers yesterday. Remember nice. Yeah, against uh, the Lions lost to the Packers, but Ziggy uh, coming through big for that Detroit Lions front line. Uh, we now welcome ESPN college football expert Trevor Maddich, who has been kind enough to join us throughout the BYU football season for Maddich Mondays. Trevor, great to have you back again. Let's talk Aggies and Cougars off the top. What did you like most from the BYU football team in Logan? Well, the thing I liked most was how suffocating the defense was. They play like the American national soccer team plays. It's one of the reasons I love watching USA soccer. (laughs) Those guys get a belly on the foe and make them perform under pressure, and that's what BYU's defense does. I mean, whether it's the defensive line, the linebackers, or the secondary, they force the opponent to beat them. They don't do anything to allow themselves to get beat and give up something easy, and it's just it's a joy to see those, those white helmets with those big blue eyes on them right next to an offensive player, no matter where that offensive player is on the field when he tries to get that ball. It's been tremendous, Trevor, in terms of scoring defense, the number one overall defensive stat. BYU's given up 19, 21, 20, 10, and 14 on the season thus far. Bronco Mendenhall uh, has done it again. This team is rocking and rolling defensively, and they start the game with a pick six by, by Kyle Van Noy. Your reaction to that play when you saw it? Oh, it was fantastic, and I just smiled when I saw it, because on that play, Kyle Van Noy lined up on the offense's right side, and he didn't even make an attempt to rush. It was as if he knew that the first play of the game would be a short pass to the offense's right side and that if he just stood right where he was and didn't run upfield, he'd have a chance to jump up and tip that ball. Gee, how did he know that? Now, I talked to Bronco Mendenhall uh, a couple of off-seasons ago about how the, he calls defensive plays. and Of course, now he's not the, the defensive coordinator, but it's still the same philosophy where they don't do things on defense that are out of the ordinary unless they have a good reason for it. In other words, they don't just call a play like that for Kyle Van Noy because they're just trying to throw mud on the wall, see what sticks. They had an idea that that would happen, and and Van Noy was in the exact right spot. So when he tipped that thing up and caught it, even before he scored, I thought those sneaky, devious BYU defensive coaches, they did it again. (laughs) So uh, obviously this was a great win for BYU for a number of reasons, but from a national perspective – what does this victory over Utah State do for the Cougars moving forward? Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. The, the, from a national perspective, Utah State is, is thought of as a, as a nice school, a good team, but they're still not from a BCS conference. So BYU won't get any credit for this, and they should, because that, that defense that they played was a top 25 defense, and it, they're, they're for real. The offense that they played, even without Chucky Keaton, has some playmakers. And so I think from a national perspective, the next one against Georgia Tech will be a lot better. But for people that know football, for coaches and, and players and commentators who actually pay attention, this win over Utah State, even though it was, uh, even though they didn't have to face Chucky Keaton for much of the game because of the injury, uh, their quarterback, this still was a quality win and it showed progress in places where they needed to show that progress. I feel like it was a tone setter uh, for the rest of the season. Would you agree with that? Well, yeah, in that, in that, they were able to back off a defense that was aggressively trying to stop the run. I mean, the book on, U- on BYU this year is bring everybody up on the defense up to the line of scrimmage, fill the rushing lanes inside, have a- an aggressive uh, attack on the perimeter, expecting Taysom Hill to either roll out on the pass or try to run it outside if the middle's gummed up, and stop him from running, make him make the hard throws. That's the book. And the reason this is a, a tone setter, in my opinion, is that Utah State's defense is fully capable of executing that, and BYU executed better with the pass and beat them. So to me, that's, that's going to be an eye-opener for Georgia Tech's defense. When you made the transition from Steve Young uh, to Robbie Bosco, I'm interested to know, how many games did, did, uh, took place before you felt like that was fluid? Because Robert and I said in, in fall camp, it's going to take four to six games for us to really get to where we actually want to go. How long did it take in 84 with Robbie? Well, keep in mind that we were running the same system. It was a transition. I mean, a different style of quarterback in Young and Bosco, but, but we were doing the same things that we had always done. And so it was plugging new pieces into the same machine that was already rolling down the track. 
This one, they're running uh, a different system with a different coordinator and some different assistant offensive coaches um, and different requirements, especially on the offensive line. And so that, that's one of the reasons I think it, it'll take time to fully get it integrated. The offensive line having injuries doesn't help. Now, the plan all along was to rotate a lot of guys in, but, but last week uh, against Utah State, correct me if I'm wrong, but I counted at times three freshman offensive linemen on the field at the same time. Yes. And they took their lumps because of it. And the thing is, though, th- this offense is designed to help to minimize mistakes that are made up front because things happen so fast, and that's good. And anytime you can play that many young guys and have them take their lumps, go through their growing pains, and still come out with a win, it, it makes it more likely that, the- that next week will be better than last week. Taysom Hill, 31 for 50 over his last two games, 455 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. He's shown obvious improvement. What's the next step for Taysom and the Cougar passing game? The next step for the Cougar passing game is actually on the receivers, in my opinion. When you look at at how Robert and I called this game, there were a lot more passes on first and second down. Part of the reason was what the defense was dictating. They wanted BYU to throw the ball more on first and second down because they thought that would lead to third and ten more often. And so they, they not only forced the pass by bringing up big numbers into the box to stop the run, they also made Taysom throw the ball the long way. In other words, instead of making the easy throws underneath, and there were plenty of those, they also forced him to throw the ball up and over and across the field. And Robert and I did a good job of helping Taysom by, for example, if they were on the left hash, and the defense was going to take away the throw to the boundary side, the short side, the easier throw. What he would do is call a rollout to the right. So the ball snapped on the left hash, but the ball's thrown on the right hash to the right side. So it was a good job of play calling in anticipation by Coach Anai. But really, I think the receivers need to step up a little bit more now because you've got some tall guys out there. I mean, Cody Hoffman's a tall guy. Mitch Matthews, six six or so. I mean, real tall guy, big arm. Both of those guys had passes that were complete, where they let the ball come down into their body when the defender was right there instead of jumping up and reaching up for it. Now, that surprised me with Cody Hoffman because I've seen him go up and catch that ball up top. But there were also opportunities where the ball came down and had those tall receivers jumped up and reached up to catch the ball instead of waiting to cradle it into their chest as it came down. They would have had, there would have been more completions. And even Mitch Matthews' touchdown in the left side of the end zone on that fade, he let that ball come down. It was a perfect pass. It was a fantastic job by Taysom. But I would have rather seen him jump up and reach out and up for the ball and use his length more regularly than he did. Now, he had a coming out party. I'm talking Mitch Matthews now in this game. I mean, it was really fantastic to see him play as well as he did. I'm not saying that he was poor. He did really well. What I'm saying is this is the next step. Use your length. Go up for that ball. That's the next step in the passing game. Talking with Trevor Maddich, former BYU lineman, national champion, currently a college football analyst on ESPN and ESPN Radio. Trevor, when you look at Georgia Tech, and you mentioned the value of the Utah State win. A win over Georgia Tech versus a win over Utah State plays better nationally. Well, it does, because first of all, people nationally will, will watch. BYU is a national brand, but when you're playing against a team from Atlanta, Georgia, which is where Georgia Tech is located, then all of a sudden you've got a whole lot of dedicated eyeballs watching the game. So they'll, they'll be able to see BYU with new eyes now instead of just watching highlights. So that's one thing that's important. Another thing is that Georgia Tech is one of the best teams in the ACC Coastal Division. Now, they, they lost to Miami in a tough game where they just made a mistake. They lost in a tough battle to Virginia Tech. But they still were, were playing really tough, and a win over Georgia Tech would be considered a, a quality win. And BYU needs this. They've got Georgia Tech, Boise State, Wisconsin, and Notre Dame as the teams nationally that they'll get credit for for winning. Now, there's other teams in there that are really tough. So Houston is one of those teams. But the credit that they'll get nationally will come from those, from those teams remaining on the schedule, and Georgia Tech is the start. ESPN's Trevor Mattis joining BYU Sports Nation. Trevor, as always, thanks for the time. Good to see the Cougars back over 500. Yes, and I'll tell you, this, watch the defense on this one because this will be the defense's biggest test. Georgia Tech finally has a quarterback that can throw in Vad Lee. That complicates stopping their triple option. So this is the time for BYU's defense to stand up and be superstars. Okay, thanks, Trevor. Appreciate the time. Good luck this week.
All right. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich of ESPN joining BYU Sports Nation. Coming up, the Cougar Whip Around plus today's Rise and Shout and your tweets. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Welcome back to a Monday on BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Jerem Jordan, Spencer Linton here. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Women's Volleyball. BYU remained undefeated in conference play. They're 5-0 after a five-set win at Loyola Marymount on Saturday. BYU has won 11 of its last 12. Expect the Cougars to get back into the top 25 rankings this week. They owe Santa Clara and San Francisco later on this week. Soccer. The 22nd-ranked women's soccer team won their final non-conference game against 20th-ranked Baylor. Q1 on Saturday. That was awesome. BYU starts WCC play Thursday at San Francisco. Cross-country. The 28th-ranked women's team placed fourth at the Notre Dame Invitational over the weekend. The Cougars outperforming four top 30 opponents, including fourth-ranked Duke. Other guests this week on BYU Sports Nation, Blaine Fowler and Tyler Haas tomorrow. Also later in the week, Paul Johnson, head coach of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, and David Sims. Let's hand out a rise and shout to Kyle Vannoy for his fifth career touchdown, the pick six on the opening offensive play of the game for Utah State, and uh, took it to the house. Awesome. New levels of awesomeness. He just keeps raising it. It's he's tremendous. into the stratosphere of baller status. And he got the FBS Independent Defensive Player of the Week for it. Now, there are two more teams to that. That's out of six teams now. Uh, Happy Creepy Halloween. That's a unique Twitter name. He says, they should just rename that award the Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> Can you argue that? Multiple time winner. I don't think so. Very quickly, poll update. Uh, we asked you what you were most impressed with. Uh, BYU's victory over Utah State on Friday night. Taysom Hill's passing effort leading the way at 47%. You can still vote on BYUTVSports.com. Hey, big thanks to our guests, Trevor Maddich and everyone on our BYU Sports Nation crew. Producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, BYU radio station manager Don Shaline. Production assistants Alan Miller and Spencer King and our engineer Aaron Evans. Go to the BYU Radio YouTube channel every afternoon to check out archived episodes of the show. For Spencer Linton, I'm Jerem Jordan. Enjoy your Monday. This has been BYU Sports Nation. Boom!